is the cross-border interview podcast featuring Anton Ovchinikov. Welcome back to the Cross-Border Interview Podcast. Today's guest is Calgary City Council candidate for Ward 14, Anton Ovchinikov. Uh, I've had to ask him a few times how to say that last name, but he's allowed me to call him Anton during the interview. So Anton, thank you so much for doing this. Greatly appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Anton, my first question for all my the candidates that have come on the show so far is, where does your sense of duty to serve come from? Honestly, I, you know, I can't even pinpoint that uh, directly necessarily. Just something, uh, something about the process and uh, uh, the end result of, you know, leaving community better, uh, hopefully. Um, that's, you know, my, uh, my parents were not really, uh, too political, uh, but, and it's, you know, how to <laughs> lost for words on this question. Um, ultimately just, uh, going back to the, uh, to the communities and, uh, serving the communities. I think that's the process itself is very rewarding. And you could have given back in many different ways. You could have given back volunteer wise, but you've chosen in 2021 to run for political office in Calgary Ward 14. Why now? What was the decision based on your decision? What was the decision of getting involved in politics in 2021 and particularly at the municipal level? Well, that's a great question. I'm almost prepared for that one. Um, I'm, uh, um, I live in Chaparral in Calgary and I am uh, sitting on a couple local uh, community uh, volunteer boards uh, and um, ultimately dealing with uh, some of the things with the city and observing things around the community, how things are done. I have decided to, uh, you know, to hopefully bring some, you know, some people say much need a change to the city hall. Um, you know, being sitting on community boards, I have seen some emails, I have seen uh, some actions by the by the city, by the city administration that uh, I think are not quite fair to to the communities and to citizens of Calgary. And we'll talk about that and some of the things that you're hearing at the door. But let's just talk about yourself for a bit. Who who is Anton? Who is Anton? Why 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 is Anton such a person that needs to be uh, a voice on city council for the next election next term? <laughs> in uh, in which way would you like me to do a quick uh, autobiography? Or if, just... if you want to, if you want to do a quick autobiography on who you are, because um, I, I'm finding, and this is talking to residents up here in the Northeast. Candidates are the face that they see at the door. They aren't real. They don't really know too much about them. So in in this show and in this process, I want to get people to know who the candidates are. So who is Anton? Who, where do you come from? How long have you been in Calgary? Like I read your biography on the website because I try to be a good journalist and I try to do my due diligence. But for the listener who's tuning in for Ward 14, who might be looking at you to vote for, who are you? Well, um, I'm Anton, and it's ultimately just Anton. Um, my family uh, moved to Canada 23 years ago, just over 23 years ago, uh, many, many, many years ago, uh, from uh, Russia. Uh, I was born there, was born in Soviet Union, so it was a very interesting experience. Um, and then I'm, uh, you know, when we moved here, I started uh, 
to work at one of the local Boston pizzas, a very old one. And it's, it's not there anymore. It's uh, Center 89 on McLeod Trail. Uh, and, uh, you know, started as a dishwasher, moved up to uh, management, um, ended up uh, uh, working as uh, AGM and uh, managed a couple locations for the group that owned a few Boston pizzas. And then uh, uh, when was it, uh, 2014, we... Uh, Myself, my wife, uh, we had a baby and uh, um, I decided to make a slight change. I stayed with the industry because I absolutely love it. Uh, it's fantastic. Um, and I went into a sale selling commercial kitchen equipment with uh, Hendrix. And then I uh, moved a couple, uh, couple times after that, worked for Pratt's Food Service and I'm with uh, GBS Food Service. So again, still in the industry. Um, and my volunteering, uh, when it comes to volunteering, uh, as I mentioned before, I'm on a couple of local community boards. Um, I uh, have uh, taken part in some, uh, um, what would you call those things, um, um, constituency association boards on a local level as well. Um, wasn't much, um, but, uh, you know, belong to uh, an organization that uh, promotes charity, promotes uh, um, giving back, uh, promotes being involved. Um, uh, and, uh, what else? That's no. uh, kind of, <laughs> you, you, you seem short. to be, you seem to have been involved in the community for the, well, since you've been in Canada and, uh, it's, it's refreshing to hear a candidate who is willing to volunteer way before they even got into politics, because sometimes you talk to candidates and they may from time to time, just get involved within a year of the election. So it's, it, it's, it's refreshing to hear someone talk that they've been involved in community organizations for a long period of time. Um, one of the things as a, a candidate for the council seat in Ward 14, your job is to go talk to residents, go talk to your constituents. You talked about it briefly there in your opening statement, but what are you hearing at the doors in Ward 14? Are there are there issues that have been raised that you have been pleasantly surprised to hear that you are aligned with how people in Ward 14 are thinking? And also, are there issues that you never really thought of because it might not have affected you in a way that it affects some residents? That's a great question, because definitely I've knocked on about almost 9000 doors uh, over the last couple of months. Um, you know, just to kind of say this, uh, this is probably one of the most important things for me. Um, first of all, I, you know, live in a ward. I've been in uh, this ward for, for 17 years between Mackenzie Lake and Lake Chaparral. And uh, it is important for me to go out and talk to people because that's the only really way to know exactly what is on their mind and uh, how people would like to be represented in this, at the municipal level. And you know what, things come up that ultimately you don't even think, um, you know, you kind of like, oh, you know, city council, city council, but uh, you walk, you talk to people and things come up, you know, uh, people are worried about the, you know, um, fire department, people worry about, uh, you know, funding for police, people worry about, uh, well, one of the bigger issues at the beginning of my campaign was uh, snow clearing. Uh, I think that was... Uh, <laughs> one of the it, uh, it seems to be a reoccurring uh, theme across this uh, campaign 
Yeah, and it's what it was one of the hottest topics uh, and things that I've uh, kind of witnessed personally. That's uh, that was one of the issues that uh, I would like to take a look at when I get there. Uh, but the most common thing between the communities I've been uh, kind of you know um, knocking doors and uh, walking the pavement, uh, speeding, speeding and safety. Uh, those are predominantly uh, um, or the most common topic of discussion. Um, you know, people in uh, pretty much every community have uh, those couple streets. Uh, that is the big problem. Uh, I know we have a couple of those in Chaparral and, you know, Lake Bonavista will have a couple uh, people in Parkland. Uh, that's uh, kind of that. That would be the most common thing. Um, and then another thing is uh, change. People do want change in the city hall. That is uh that is something that people are really welcoming new new faces new people new uh, new ideas so i, I want to dive into a few of those topics as well but sure. i want to i want to go to your website here which is uh just anton for ward 14.com.ca sorry which will be linked in the show notes so to my viewers and to my listeners i highly recommend that you check it out if you're in ward 14 or if you're not and you just want to learn a little bit more about anton um, there are things that you have prioritized on your website, and I'm going to read them out, and then we'll talk about a few of them here. Fiscal responsibility, red tape, taxes, green line, green, green spaces and playgrounds, public art program, and city hall approach. These are some areas that we're going to be talking about throughout the interview, but also some of the items that you just talked about, uh, you mentioned there. Uh, I want to start off with fiscal responsibility because it seems to be a reoccurring theme across uh uh, the candidates in not even Ward 14, but all across Calgary. What do you mean by fiscal responsibility? Well, um, first of all, um, I am I am hoping to be a little more fiscally responsible than uh, the current uh, um, group of people. And to me, fiscal responsibility means not to spend money recklessly. Um, you know, we need to, the, the way I look at it, it's almost like a zero uh, base budget approach. Uh, we need to uh, figure out how much money we have. Uh, and then we need to uh, prioritize our spendings. Uh, you know, top of the list would be the police, the fire department, um, you know, waste management, um, obviously transit, because that is important to uh, people in, uh, in my ward. And I'm sure it's uh, across Calgary. Uh, and then, um, you know, at some point, once you reach that, uh, zero point uh you uh, say you know what guys you, you know let's pause and let's not uh, buy another bridge from spain or let's not build a green ring you know to add to the blue one let's uh let's settle in and let's uh you know let's wait uh, obviously if something important comes up uh you know we have uh um, after my research, I found out we have a couple uh, rainy day funds in Calgary, so we can uh, use some of those. But ultimately, uh, we need to come up with incentive to to save. Right? As a as a salesperson, um, I'm. <laughs> some of your uh, well, viewers may know that uh, there is a end of the year uh, rush to uh, spend some of the budget money, and that's pretty much every level of government. And as, as a salesperson, we used to love these things, right? Like March thirty first and boom, you know, if you're lucky, purchase orders are rolling in. But unfortunately, talking to end users who uh, uh, those purchase orders are coming in, um, some of those things are not being ordered or bought 
wisely, correctly. A few different issues with that. So not going to concentrate on that, but that's, you know, we need to come up with, like I mentioned, in incentive to not to spend everything that we have to. Um, it's, I know it's kind of a weird for the government to say, you know what, we, you know, let's not do this. Let's not spend all the money that we have. Let's maybe uh, save something up. Maybe we'll, you know, if we, if we collect too much money, maybe the taxes are a little too high. So it's kind of one of those uh, thoughts when it comes to fiscal responsibility. And then uh, ultimately asking city administration uh, departments to, uh, to be efficient, to be mindful that um, city doesn't really make money. Um, I know they have some dividends uh, coming in from uh, different companies, but ultimately all that uh, all the money that city takes in, it's uh, it's a taxpayer's money. One of the areas I want to talk about a little bit before I ask the question, I want to get your a statement on what this means. What does a zero base budget mean? And I just because listeners might not know, I have an idea yeah. what I think it is, but I want to know from you, you what your words are on what a zero base budget is. Well, as uh, as you mentioned, uh, my thought on uh, um, zero base budget um, is uh, not exactly that, but we'll take the basic premise of it, uh, where we know exactly how much money we take in from taxes and from uh, some other uh, uh, streams of income for the city, and then we we budget it accordingly, just like when we do at home. We, uh, you know, we create uh, priorities. We, you know, we. I'm sure we need the fire department. I'm sure we need uh, police service. <laughs> People telling me that. Uh, I'm sure we need uh, snow clearing. We want to make sure we have enough there. I'm sure we need uh, transit. I'm sure we need uh, waste management. Uh, but once we reach that uh, point where we, shall we say, run out of the budgeted uh, amounts, I think we need to uh, take a hard look and say, you know what? Do we, do we need, do we need to buy this next thing? Do we need to, uh, uh, do we need to spend it or do we wait for, do we wait for next year? Uh, see how, you know, let's discuss how Im- important this really is. And that's, I think for me, um, is a part of being that fiscally responsible. One of the big things that the next council is going to have to deal with is the recovery from this COVID-19 pandemic. It is going to be on the top of the mind on the budget of basically that you'll be passing in November or December, whenever you do get around to passing it. How do you envision a zero based budget with uh, reining in spending, reining in uh, uh, not salaries, but reining in how we're spending our budget, how we're uh, like being fiscally responsible with the budget while helping the people who have been affected by this pandemic? That is a fantastic question when it comes to uh, uh, my statement on the budget. Ultimately, I I don't think it's going to be just as easy as uh, just saying, you know what, we're going to stop all the spending and then we're going to help everybody who's been affected. Uh, Obviously, uh, we do need to prop up um, our industry um, in uh, in Calgary, you know, my industry, food service industry has been probably one of the most affected ones. Uh, so we need to come up with uh, uh, good ways of, and it, it kind of touches on my, um, um, the red tape uh, issue, but we need to make it easier for people to start the business and to, 
um, grow the business. Um, oh, you stopped me with that one. No, um, and, and, I, and I and I and I want to piggyback onto that statement there because one of the things that you talk when when I talk to business owners across the city, I hear the same thing. City Hall is a mess when it comes to starting a business. You have to jump through hoop after hoop after hoop after hoop. And this piggybacks onto the second part of the, the area that I want to talk about is red tape. Red tape is one of those things that a politician can throw around the word red tape as much as they want. People won't know what red tape is because they think yeah. permits and all that. And that's might be red tape. It might not be. How do you envision being the next counselor helping the business community because they have struggled so much and you have seen this firsthand being in your industry. How do you envision yourself working with business owners, business leaders, new business leaders to start business here and attract new business to our city? Yeah. Well, there's, it, it would be a approach from a couple of different directions uh, when it comes to red tape. And I'm not talking red tape for, you know, big uh, developers, big companies that uh, potentially have lawyers and staff to deal with. I'm talking about small businesses. I know if you're um, uh, watch that development, but uh, transit hotel in uh, Edmonton, they're having heck of a time opening because of the, and ultimately changes in uh, some of the regulations and going back to the city inspectors. Um, you know, in my experience in that specific industry, uh, we do have a code that, um, you know, the designers, developers, builders have to abide owners. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, different inspectors have a different uh, understanding of uh, those codes. Um, I was recently talking to a gentleman that owns a distillery in Calgary, and he said that, uh, um, some of the changes and, you know, being approved the first time and then uh, the second inspection, uh, people going back and saying, oh, no, you have to redo things. Um, it cost them if I'm, you know, um, trying to remember exact numbers, but I think it was a six month delay and extra $60,000 in, uh, in expenses. So those are kind of things I would like city to work on um, um, to the best of their ability to make sure that, we're not going to run into those kind of situations because in, uh, you know, in my industry, we say, you know, you ask uh, for a first opinion when you open a restaurant, if you like it, you get it in writing because the second opinion could be, um, could be a different one and it may cost you a little bit of time and money. Uh, so those kind of things I would like to, I would like uh, administration and uh, inspectors to work on. Um, I, it's, you know, just one of the, uh, one of the approaches to that. And a second is really, uh, creating a better atmosphere for people to start business. Uh, like people, you know, if we want to touch base on downtown, but people saying, you know, let's throw money downtown, let's convert uh, office building into residential uh, apartments. And, you know, I think we earmarked what $1 billion towards that. If my numbers are correct, yeah. I think that 200 million spent right away or being invested right now. And then uh, potentially another 800 million. Um, one thing that I don't hear anybody talk is the safety downtown, right? So it's uh, yeah. one of the things that uh, there was an article in Calgary Herald a couple of weeks ago. Uh, people do not go downtown, not because there's no offices, not because there is no restaurants, not because there is no, nothing to do. People don't go downtown because they don't feel safe there anymore. Uh, people don't leave their apartments, even if they live downtown after 6 or 7 p.m., because there's a sense of... Uh, uh, not not feeling safe. 
so that's uh, again something about creating the environment that will uh what's the word I keep losing my english words this morning not enough no. coffee um creating the atmosphere and welcome environment for people to actually start business there wanting to start business not paying people to start business and i think that has to start with the city we do have to start um we do have to make the first step in this i want i want to jump on something you just said there because it is something that you talked about that you're hearing from ward 14 residents and i'll be ba- jumping back and forth between what the residents have told you and what you you your priorities yep. are on your website safety Safety, safety, safety. You talked about one of the things that you heard from residents in Ward 14 is policing. You you just mentioned downtown core being not a a safe place to go to. And uh, I I don't want to paraphrase what you said, so I won't. But how do we ensure that our, our city continues to grow and at the same time help it be a safe place. Um, there have been, I live up in the Northeast and if you listen to the news, which, uh, sometimes you shouldn't because sometimes it's the most depressing thing you might hear, but it's gang violence, it's drugs, it's, uh, another attack, another stabbing. And yet again, I'm not sure what it is like in down for uh, ward 14, but how do we ensure a safe community for all? Well, uh, start uh, with the basics. Um, make sure that we have enough funding uh, for police officers to be on the street uh, to have the presence. Because right now the system is, if uh, you know the you know the areas where the most complaints get the most uh, service from the police, which is uh, which is pretty fair uh, in one understanding. But we also have to make sure that we do have presence. Um, you know, be it downtown, be it uh, down south, be it up north, uh, that we do have a presence uh, for the police, and the police has uh, police will have to have definitely a positive image. Uh, so that's uh, you know that's something to be discussed as well. Um, and you know what? If we need to take a look at um, um, internal um, or inner workings of the police department in Calgary, absolutely. But we do have to make sure that we uh, have you know enough free money in their budget. Uh, to get the uh, to get the constables on the street, I think that's uh, that's the first step. Uh, and you know, I'm not talking about enforcement. I'm not talking about you know arresting people for um, you know minor, very minor things. But ultimately, just just to have uh, police there because it uh, potentially will make people think uh, twice about doing something weird. And you you mentioned that Ward 14 residents have told you about this issue, about policing. What is it about policing that they would like to see change? What would what is that? What are what are they telling you about the policing situation in Calgary? Um, Well, again, most of the um, comments really come down to police presence uh, and police enforcement on on the roads for speeders, for um you know, unsafe drivers for um, traffic calming uh, kind of what's the uh, operations. Um, that's that's kind of the most common one. And, you know, one thing that's been uh, happening a lot uh, here and pretty much, I, I guess, everywhere, if uh, you look at it, but uh, car prowlings, uh, right? It's happening at, uh, you know, two, three in the morning and 
you know, sometimes it goes uh, goes on un, uh, unreported, which it should. I always suggest, always recommend, and always ask people to report any suspicious activity. Uh, but again, going down, going back to again, police presence. Because if uh, people know that there's going to be no police driving on this, you know, in this neighborhood for next week, people will be, you know, a little freer to do weird stuff than uh, when they potentially may think, hey, you know what, we may have a you know, cruiser driving down the street any, any moment. So that's, that's kind of my thoughts. And I, I appreciate that because this is the next set of questions, which is you have been setting me up for so many great transitions that I appreciate <laughs> that. You know, you're a good politician when the journalist doesn't really have to do much work and you can just talk. Um, it's about that street uh, or speeding. Um, speeding on residential streets. City Council recently just lowered the speed limit in residential zones from 50 to 40. Has that made a difference? Are you hearing a change of people talking about speeding or is it still an issue in residential zones? Because I can tell you, the signs still say 50 out on my residential zones out here. And if they want us to lower our speed limit, they should be changing all those signs. And I know that costs money, but they made the decision. What are you hearing yeah. around that issue? Well, um, I do believe when they changed the, the, uh, the speed limit was in uh, basically non-posted. So if they do have a posted um, sign or posted speed limit, that's, I think, what the speed limit uh... should be. But um, in, in this specific case, yes, they lowered the speed limit in residential areas, but the collector roads, I believe that's the proper term for it. So yep. larger, larger roads. So in uh, my case, it would be, you know, Chaparral Drive, Chaparral Boulevard, 194th. Um, that's where the most um, almost racing uh, and uh, speeding happens. Uh, so it's it didn't necessarily solve the issue on the larger roads. Cause I, I still hear just as a, um, you know, uh, being on a board, I still hear the uh, complaints about people driving too fast, people not, uh, you know, not watching when they turning left or right. Uh, so that's, and I live by uh, 194th. So I actually hear uh, tires screeching at uh, one or two in the morning when um, most people should be sleeping. Cars, <laughs> Yeah, when some of the performance uh, cars coming out on the road to start uh, racing. So that's, I I don't believe that changed anything for those collector roads. Um, I haven't heard anything negative or positive when it comes to speeding in those smaller areas, the wavy areas where, you know, people shouldn't even be going 60 to begin with, because it's, it's pretty hard to see with all the cars on the road. Uh, the biggest concern are the playground zones and uh, areas near the school and that's something that um again um we need to look at uh, potentially having more sting operations potentially a little more enforcement on that um yeah i see that uh, all the time people passing in, in school zones people doing u-turns which is something that i would like to bring back about uh no doing uh, u-turns in school zones. so it's uh yeah so that's kind of general consensus on the speeding 
one of the big things that uh, the next council will be dealing with and uh uh, you were the very first candidate I'm talking to prior or post uh, announcement from the city and the federal government and the province is the green line. The green line has been a very contentious issue across the city. Some people are very in favor of it. Some people are not. What are you hearing from the people of Ward 14? Is it a major issue or is it even on their radar? It is definitely on their radar. Uh, and it was, um, I was, I don't want to say I was quite surprised, but it was very pleasantly um, discovered this, that people do want green line, right? People do want um, uh, some sort of LRT line in the, in the Southeast, unfortunately. And that was kind of something that I've been talking for a while. Uh, my biggest concern, and it's something that new council will have to deal with is the really the increased cost on it because i remember the time when it was you know proposed at 3.7 billion dollars and it's supposed to go from the new hospital or to the new hospital and uh, um you know if i again if i remember correctly uh, almost almost like a 32nd avenue uh, yeah. or just past 16 and it's um, you know and it was a great idea city administration sold us sold calgarians that uh, vision of you know, connecting hospital to connecting brand new hospital to the rest of the city. And now with the cost of, uh, um, you know, last concrete number I've heard was uh, uh, 5.7 billion, potentially more, uh, obviously with projects like that cost overruns are expected. Um, and it ends up being only half the distance, right? It stops uh, um by Shepherd Industrial, and I think it uh, only goes to the 16th. So that was my biggest issue is, uh, you know, I would like to question people and ask, you know, why did we, you know, half the size and double the price? So it's uh, basically four times, four times the cost originally, um, obviously uh, simplifying the fact. But it's not, uh, a, it's do. not an issue that people are talking about in Ward 14, or are they, and uh, are they, are they talking about it in the same way that you're talking about it? Think, Hey, it was this price tag when they originally pro proposed it. And now it's almost double what you told us and billion double is still more billions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, that, that's exactly right. People are not saying we, we don't need it or people not saying that we must have it. People saying, you know what, it's, it's a good idea. It will take some uh, cars off the road. Uh, but at the same time, it's uh, it's a very interesting way of, uh, uh, building a project when you, you know, in my business, if I end up with, uh, you know, my quote being uh, three times the price, it, it may raise some questions. And I think Calgarians have the right to ask those questions. I, um, I, I agree wholeheartedly on that. Uh, yeah. An educated public is good. Yeah. And one of the, another thing that comes up every once in a while, and I'm uh, supported, uh, ultimately is the uh, connecting our airport to the LRT network because um, uh, we're one of the you know larger larger cities on the continent that uh, doesn't have a direct uh, rail to the airport and I think that's uh, uh, that's one of the things we need to look at as well I, I think there's a lot of people who would be in complete agreement with that me being one of them if I don't have to drive <laughs> my car up there I'd be very happy about that um, the, you, you mentioned it briefly there for, uh, in, in your statement about the green line is cost overruns, cost overruns, especially on a project that size are bound to happen. 
How can you say that and say you you want to be fiscally responsible with our budget? So, and I I, I would ask this to anyone who would say that. I have asked this to everyone who said that because I used to work in municipal politics and I know budgets are budgets and yet they are never stuck to by government officials. How, how, how do we ensure, how does council ensure that while there's going to be budget overruns, you have to be fiscally responsible when it comes to those overruns. Yeah. Well, again, and, I didn't say uh, cost overruns happen as a as a positive side. I definitely meant it as a as a negative side in this case, because ultimately with a contract, um, just like with uh, I'm going to set you up for another one, uh, just like with arena. Right. Agreements. <laughs> agreement is agreement. But uh, uh, we are going back behind closed doors and, you know, we, we don't even know what's going on with that. So to me, working, obviously, I'm not working in billions of dollars uh, in my business, uh, but you know what, ultimately the, the cost of a project is a cost of a project. And if something happens, there has to be, uh, there has to be a review of that. Uh, I know some people were not happy with the province asking for a business case uh, for the green line, um, thus delaying us uh, again. But I think it was a fair question from the province to see, hey guys, like you're doubling the price and you know, is it worth it? Um, so that's, that's my comment on that. And I, I would love to see as a fiscal being fiscally responsible, I would love to see those cost overruns, um, go down to pretty much nothing, right? Like we have to, I don't know if we can say, you know, we have to hold contractors, um, you know, responsible for the price that uh, was given. Cause I understand there is inflation. There is, uh, you know, cost of lumber, um, you know, we've seen that, uh, but you know what, I think doubling is uh, kind of goes beyond the uh, the normal uh, inflation and uh, cost of goods and uh, cost of labor going up. I think that's um, I, I personally I would like as a resident of Calgary, I would like to know exactly why, not just because state administration told us that, you know, it's going to be that. But I would like to see why did we forget to calculate an interest on something? Did we forget to uh um, you know, calculate uh, purchase of a land somewhere. That's. And I think the biggest one that I think, though, I think the biggest one that I hear is, did you forget to calculate contingencies? Because you know, there's going to be overruns. You know that something is going to come up. You have to build it into your budget. And if the, usually sometimes projects don't do that. And I, I'm very happy that you're willing to say that because I've not heard many, many candidates say they want to know why. Why is it being overrun? So thank you, Anton, for that. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the question because you, you mentioned it and it is, it is the biggest thing since now the green line has officially started and we no longer have to talk about it. Ha, I wish we didn't have to, but we will continue yes, until I'll, it's officially done. I'll adjust my website accordingly on the green line comment. <laughs> is the arena, the arena, the arena, the arena. Yeah. This has been a, I, I don't want to say a cluster since it's been announced. We had partners go in, then partners pull out, and then partners go in, and then maybe we're not going to do this part of it. What is your opinion on the arena? Do we need it with all the other venues that we have downtown? Yeah. Um, yes and no. Uh, right. Um, obviously, um, with the revitalization of downtown, it would be fantastic to have uh, you know, do we need a new arena? Uh, potentially, I 
you know, maybe, maybe not. Um, you know, the big argument for the arena is that we're going to get the acts, right? The bigger acts, the better uh, musicians, better uh, shows. Um, but you know what, with Edmonton and Calgary being three hours away, how many people, uh, how many big names actually book both Calgary and Edmonton uh, on the same tour? Right. Sometimes you have to go to Saskatchewan to uh, to enjoy a good show. So um, do we need it specifically for that? I do not think so. Uh, is it nice to have a couple sports teams in uh, Calgary? I'm not a huge sports fan, but uh, yes, I do watch uh, you know a couple uh, final games. Really enjoyed World Cup yesterday, uh, Euro Cup yesterday. Um, so, you know, we kind of have to ask ourselves, who is this going to benefit? Uh, you know, if everybody pays for the arena, because uh, what are we paying? Um, you know, a couple hundred bucks per person. Uh, we're paying for the arena. Um, I have the exact numbers hidden by the by the laptop here. But uh, will it benefit everybody, or will it benefit? Um, you know, and I understand it will benefit downtown. It will benefit the East Village uh, because you know we're we're one city. Uh, but at the same time, I would have loved to see. Um, something like municipal bonds used to finance the arena. Um, you know, if uh, somebody wants to invest five, ten thousand dollars and uh, get some benefit of, um, again, talk to a couple of people, potentially uh, tax-free um, interest on uh, on those municipal bonds. That's fantastic, right? Uh, let uh, let's support it that way. Um, one thing I don't understand, and maybe it's just. Um, uh, you know, speaking a plain language, a, a layman and me, uh, if a business um, believes in, um, if the business owner believes in his own business and the the platform of that business, um, I think they should be investing their money, right? Uh, personally, I would have loved to see, like I said, those municipal bonds or even, um, you know, 100% commitment from, uh, the owners of the arena and then city just collects taxes. Um, and what's happening right now, I don't think we even know what's going on right now uh, because the last couple of meetings were behind closed doors. I've heard numbers as high as $80 million in addition that they're asking for more control of the land and other, you know, they forgot to calculate uh, a practice ring. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm at a loss for a word, but it's kind of a, um, unusual very, to see this kind of things from a big business, right? I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I'm just cautious of time here because I don't want to uh, run over time. And I want to make sure that you have enough time for a wrap up here. Um, let, let's put on our magic hat. You are elected okay. on uh, October 18th. You are elected as the counselor designate for Ward 14. What is priority one for Anton? Ah, priority one for Anton. And first, I want to make sure that um, we, oh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty loaded question because there's so many things that we have to do. Uh, but we need to look at uh, post-pandemic, and again, hopefully, post-pandemic uh, environment, and uh, to start creating the. Like I said, that welcoming environment for businesses to actually come to Calgary for people to start reopening their restaurants and building new restaurants. I know the restaurants are being built all the time, but we need to make sure that, uh, again, it goes against the, uh, uh, they're not going against the red tape. They're not going against against the city. 
uh, that city is working with them, not against them. It seems like, you know, some business owners actually have that feeling that, you know, you have, you, you got to get three rejections from the city before they approve you. Um, <laughs> quoting one of the uh, gentlemen I talked to. So that would be, uh, that would be priority for me, I think. Uh, and then ultimately just uh, going back to, uh, going back to the community and asking them, you know what guys, we've, uh, you know, we've done this. Let's, uh, let's, let's recall what we talked about, right? Safety on the streets, speeding. Um, let's get the uh, downtown uh, um, revitalized uh, one way or another. Let's, uh, let's bring more businesses in. Let's, uh, let's make sure that, uh, you know, we have the balanced budget that we're not just, in, you know, we don't, I don't think we need to increase taxes uh, every year by 10, 15%. I think we can limit it to, you know, CPI, but the city has to be mindful that we cannot spend uh, 10, 15% more uh, every year, just because the environment is just not there. We need to be mindful. Uh, like I said, with that uh, budget, we only have so much money and we cannot take any more money. There is a, um, I think Canadian taxpayer federation figured out that if, uh, um, and again, it's a spending problem in Calgary. If uh, Calgary lines up their spending uh, with some of the other major cities in, Ca uh, in Canada, uh, we can actually save half a billion dollars without really doing much just by looking at, looking at our uh, spending practices, spending habits. Um. To do that, uh, well, sorry, I'm going to ask this question first. After four years as the next counselor for Ward 14, what would be a successful mandate for you for one term for you? What would you be able to say, hey, I accomplished this, that, and this to ensure that the city that I know I love is growing in a better way than I have left it if I don't run for re-election? Oh, that's a fantastic question. And you're the first person to ask me that ultimately. Um, I don't, well, there's definitely a couple of things that I will be able to say, you know, after I accomplished them, I was like, yes, you know what, I've, uh, I've done that. Um, first, again, going back to uh, um, being fiscally responsible. One thing that I would like to propose to city administration is to, I know, again, being a simpleton, uh, come up with a two by four program. Uh, basically, I will ask every uh, department in, uh, you know, in the city to either cut the cost by 2% uh, or increase efficiency by uh, 2%, uh, basically leaving us with 8% uh, positive in, uh, you know, in four years. Because uh, I have seen being on a community association, looking out in the streets, uh, walking my dog. Um, there's definitely need for an efficient way of uh, of doing things. That is that is more important for me than pretty much anything. Um, you know, in my business, if you're not doing things efficiently, you're you're just not. You will not stay in business for too long. Uh, you have to be mindful of the way you do things, and uh, you know, outside of that, outside of those things, um, I would like to see. Uh, I would like to see um, uh, improvement in uh, in the way that city sees the council, right? Uh, that is, you know, I'm running on transparency. I'm running on accountability. I will make sure that all my expenses posted on, uh, you know, be it my website or whatever, uh, that, um, you know, we're, 
we will limit, we eliminate closed door meetings, secret meetings and camera meetings. Um, and obviously we will not be able to do that. I know being on the boards, you, you, sometimes you just have to. I think we've, uh, we've done one in-camera meeting in the last six years on one of the boards. Um, that, that's just something that we had to, but having one once a week, um, that's, that's just un, uh, unnecessary. I, I, I almost want to say unacceptable. Because if they're spending my money, your money, um, you know, our taxpayers' money, I would like to see how that money is being spent, what kind of discussion goes uh, goes behind uh, behind the idea and reasons to spend that money. So that's, uh, you know, more open counsel, more approachable counsel. Uh, and, um, you know, things like, um, you know, issues with uh, some of the, uh, pay situations uh, that came to light over the last couple months uh, with some previous counselors. Um, it's it it definitely paints the whole council in uh, in a bad light. And I would like to I would like to be able to say that in the end of four years that you know what we've accomplished this and we we're open. Um, if we could not do something, uh, I would like to tell people why, right? Not just say oh stamp off off it goes. If that makes sense, um, it it does. And uh, as someone, like I said, someone with a city administration background, I appreciate you saying that because sometimes I know how a city administration works, and yeah. sometimes council likes to be very secretive of how they deal with things. So I I, I am very I am in full support of transparency. So I, I love the keyword transparency there. So thank you, Anton, for saying that. Um, in order to do that in order to be transparent, in order to accomplish these goals, and in, uh, in order to make the city better, you need to be elected. So take two minutes now, talk to the people of Ward 14, and tell them why you should be the next counselor for Ward 14, whenever you're ready. Okay, Ooh, that's a tough question. Nobody ever asked me that one before. <laughs> um, well, um, can I take uh, 10 seconds on this one? Just go for it. Yep. Nope. Ten seconds. I. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna record the time so I can cut out the ten seconds. So it sounds like you were totally prepared. (laughs) Whenever you. (laughs) So whenever Um, you're ready, Anton, go ahead. Yeah. So um, basically, the reason why uh, I should be elected as a city council, uh, I think I have a couple qualifications from my. previous uh, experience that will be very beneficial. Uh, first of all, I have been uh, working on, uh, I don't know, shall we call it grassroots level? I've been working in, uh, with community boards, uh, community associations. Um, I've been talking to uh, residents and uh, Chaparral and uh, different communities. Uh, so I have a very good perspective and understanding of what, uh, what people may need from new council. Uh, the second reason why is because I am, well, I hate to say this, but I'm in sales and I uh, um, deal with the uh, food and beverage industry. And that is one of the industries that have been affected probably the most outside of tourism uh, by the uh, by the last uh, or by the pandemic. And uh, business owners uh, tell me exactly what they would like to see from the council uh, in, uh, in October uh, to make sure that uh, we are making them successful uh, because if they're successful then uh, um, people that work for them will be successful as well you good oh <laughs> sorry to run out of steam no oh. worries 
Um, if you still want to go, I will cut that uh, blip out and then you can continue. Yes. On. Go ahead. Yes. Um, and uh, one of the, uh, um, another reason why I would like, to, um, no, sorry. No worries. My, my English goes away sometimes. No, and we've been talking for 46 minutes and you've been doing great since. So understandable. I, 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 I fuck up from time to time yeah. too. So go ahead. And uh, another reason why uh, I should be elected is uh, I made uh, a goal to myself to, uh, to help community. And this is uh, just another, another level of uh, doing this. I think it's, uh, it's important to take part in the process. I think it is important to, uh, to give, uh, give time, give, uh, uh, give in other ways. And this would be the, uh, this would be my goal to uh, make sure that, uh, you know, I will try to leave the community better uh, than uh, when, uh, when I found it. I know I'm paraphrasing uh, um, future former mayor, but that's one of the things that, that are important to me. Um, in order to do that, uh, you need volunteers. You need people to come out and help you. How can people get involved and how can people learn more about you in this campaign? Okay. That's a fantastic question. Uh, over the last uh, three months, uh, really uh, what I've been doing is I've really been knocking on doors and concentrate on that because it is important to me to, to hear what people say. I don't want to just sit behind the Facebook or um, get, um, you know, get an IT person telling me what people think. I, I want to go out. My goal is to knock on every door in Ward 14 before the election. Um, so I'm, I think I want a good pace to do that. Um, I'm starting to think about the next stage of the campaign. I have uh, signs uh, that came in a, a while ago. Um, if people would like a sign, they can uh, leave a message for me on uh, my website or through Facebook. Uh, if people would like to volunteer and uh, do some uh, more <laughs> more massive uh, door knocking. Uh, I would love to have uh, some people to do that with me. It's been uh, fun. Um, I had a few people from uh, from the neighborhood uh, do that with me already. Uh, and uh, obviously, you know, one of the things that, you know, it's hard to talk right now, but, uh, um, you know, I am looking for some uh, contributions to offset my uh, printing costs. As I mentioned on my website, I'm not going to... Uh, hire a very expensive uh, campaign manager or rent an office. Right now, I'm just kind of doing it from my garage and from my uh, bonus room. Uh, but, you know, printing does cost money and um, people are actually, I, <laughs> I want to say inundating me with, with the request for signs. And I just want to make sure that I have, uh, I have enough for people. I'm absolutely surprised by the reception that I have been uh, uh, getting in, uh, in the communities that I've been uh, walking around in. And that's, uh, you know, I just want to thank people that have uh, um, reached out, uh, contributed, uh, helped me with door knocking, um, you know, sent me an email of uh, encouragement. Um, it's been a it's been a fantastic journey. Uh, absolutely. Um, for my listeners and to my viewers, uh, Anton's website, Facebook page and his Twitter, which uh, is on his website as well, and his links to contribute and to donate and to volunteer will be in the show notes. So I highly recommend if you are in Ward 14 or if you are looking to learn a little bit more about Anton, check them out, reach out to him because it's highly recommended. And I, I, I would say this to anyone get involved in this campaign. This is the future of Calgary we're talking about and candidates like Anton are going to be the future of the city. And I highly recommend anyone get out and volunteer, but also vote. 
vote, vote, vote. Anton, I want to thank you so much for doing this. This has been a great experience, a great interview. And uh, I, 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 I can hear your passion for the city, but also for the future of the city in your in our discussion today. So thank you so much. Cross Border Interview Podcast was produced and edited by Miranda Brown Associates. Yeah.